So basically, one of the biggest challenges here was to both attract buyers and sellers at the same time. But if you know how to set UTM links properly, then people can find you quite easily. It was very important uh, for us to offer local um, payment methods uh, for every country and also adding different currencies. We have a AI fraud detection in our comments. So if anyone tries to send a, a phone number, email, contact details, and so on, we simply block the comments, inform um, the people that this is not how they should behave. Plan is to also head to uh, South America, but Asia is very interesting. The number of people living there and also their aim to become more and more European in many parts. Welcome to the Platform Pioneers, a show about the bright minds behind the world's largest digital platforms and the stories of how they built them. I am your host, Kuros, and together we'll uncover the secrets behind creating, scaling, and managing some of the most successful platforms out there. Welcome back to the Platform Pioneers podcast. Today, our guest is Florian Zenoner, co-founder of Bicycle, a marketplace where you can buy and sell bikes. Bicycle has Europe's largest selection of second-hand bikes, and the platform connects the bike community offering, a cheap and sustainable alternative to new bikes. Uh, Florian, maybe without further ado, can you please introduce yourself, a bit what you've done before and how you came up with the idea of Bicycle? Yes, of course. Uh, first of all, thanks a lot for the invitation uh, to the podcast. I was born and raised in uh, the very north of Italy. I studied there environmental management, and then uh, decided to go abroad and ended up in Munich, where I worked as an environmental uh, consultant for about five years. We've been focusing on uh, sustainability uh, strategy, including circular economy, which was somehow also the bridge uh, to bicycle, always the aim to make yeah, the world, the business, a bit more circular in the end. And yeah, that's one part that also motivates me to work at Bicycle. Um, great. I mean, can you tell us a bit, uh, kind of like how did you start the business? What was like the first product offering, the pain points, so to speak, mm -hmm. that you have seen and how also the product evolved over time? Yeah, sure. So in the end, what we wanted to offer is a safe space or a safe and easy solution to sell and buy sports bikes online, mostly secondhand, because we, me and my co-founders, Jonas and Theo, also wanted to buy and sell bikes on, online, but we didn't really find the right website, app, and so on for that. So basically, we had this personal problem somehow that um, there was no easy and secure way to sell and buy bikes. And so we had a um, deep look at the, at the market, at the, at the numbers, at the offerings uh, from others. And we kind of found out that there is no verticalization for selling and buying bikes online yet. And that kind of led us to the assumption or first raised the question why there is no such offering yet. And we analyzed the market size. We analyzed, let's say, user behavior and so on and actually felt that there is a black spot which we'd like to somehow fill and yeah then uh, started actually with our 
MVP, which was quite basic, which allowed buying and selling bikes online with some additional services, making selling especially a lot easier. And on the other side, offering a online shop feeling for the buyer, even though it was still a, a C2C business. And one of the major offerings was shipping uh, support so that we could make buying and selling location independent, which is, I think, still one of our key USPs. And specifically the shipping part internationally, I would always say, uh, I know that you're in 30 countries, like what may be curious to see where is the product most popular in which countries? And also what challenges did you find out going uh, internationally? And, and relatively broad in many countries. Um, so I think it's still Germany, which is our, our core market, because we've been working in Germany exclusively for the first year, more or less. And then we uh, started adding the neighboring um, countries like Austria, like France, and then step-by-step step also focusing on the biggest markets such as Spain and Italy. The Nordics, which are quite interested in our services and offerings because they're the new bike market, especially is more expensive and the bikes were not really available in the last years. And so they were very happy about finding out about bicycle. I think the major challenges, there are yeah, more or less two. One important aspect was the payment as we wanted to offer a secure payment. Within that, it was very important uh, for us to offer local um, payment methods uh, for every country and also adding different currencies. So this sounds easy because on many online shops, you can buy in euro and in dollar and in um, schlotti. I don't know what, but in a C2C environment, that was quite complex. And we are still working together with Adyen, our PSP, to really find out what is the best uh, solution that everyone takes their fees and not, in the end, burning money just due to that offering. And the second major challenge was shipping and the packaging, because sports bikes are not very easy to be shipped. They are big, they are bulky goods in the, in the end. And what we offer is a private pickup which of course is also not that easy. The sellers need to be there, wait for the carrier, pack the bike themselves and hand it over in time. And on the other side, the carriers, they're not always that reliable. There can be damages because they don't treat the bikes always as they should. And yeah, this just made it very complex. But in the end, we came up with some solid uh, solutions until now we are still improving it but mostly also in terms of the pricing because at the very beginning it was very expensive for us to ship bikes across europe but in the end with the higher volume with um, optimized um, packaging we could lower uh, the prices quite a lot also for the buyers but in the end, there is uh, still some major room for improvement. Nice. And I mean, th there was clearly probably a, a growth measure to just enable way more transactions on the marketplace. If you kind of like think about uh, a C2C marketplace, 
with 50,000 bikes, I think now now on the platform, how do you think, because we had in this, in this format, we had a lot of B2C marketplace, a lot of B2B marketplaces. What are like key key growth initiatives or key levers you can pull in a mainly C2C marketplace uh, construct? Mm -hmm. So basically one of the biggest challenges here was to both attract buyers and sellers at the same time. What's interesting about the bike market was that the buyers are searching very detailed for their bike. So they're not looking online for a road bike in black, but they're looking for a Canyon Arrow CFSLX 8.0. And if you have that bike online and you know how to set UTM links and how to name your bike properly, then people can find you quite easily. And that helped us a lot. Of course, to attract sellers, there are some local marketplaces all over Europe, generic ones, and there are lots of people selling bikes. And you can simply contact them via email, via chat, which of course is not all, always very efficient, but in the end, you know where the people are. And if you can offer something better, that of course helps a lot. And in the end, if you're able to attract more sellers, knowing how to um, market your inventory in the right way, you can attract more and, and more buyers. And if the bikes are sold pretty fast, again, new uh, sellers land on your website. And so it's um, a step-by-step -step growth in the end. Yeah, and I guess it's challenging as you're kind of like working on two fronts. Obviously, one of the these common challenges is always users trying to attempt transactions outside the platform. The users as it's private to private kind of like try to maybe undertake fraud, do not send, send the stuff. How do you deal with, with trust basically on a C2C platform? Yeah, that's indeed a big topic on the one hand side, people trying to sell or buy the bikes outside of bicycle. The good thing here is, uh, first of all, that 95% of all sales are including shipping. So for many buyers and sellers, it is simply not possible to sell their bike or buy it without our shipping support. So this cuts off quite a lot of fraud in the end. Secondly, we have a, a AI fraud detection in our comments. So if anyone tries to send a, a phone number, email, contact details, and so on, we simply block the comments, inform um, the people that this is not how they should behave. The worst case, they can also get banned. So this is also something which helps us a lot. What is a bit tricky is with bike shops, which are um, selling their bikes on a bicycle, because if you have the name of the shop, you can easily uh, find out the phone number and everything and call them and say, hey, can I get a discount and can I save the bicycle fees? And then we don't really know what they are doing outside of the platform. In terms of fraud in general, we had some cases where people tried to sell bikes which they didn't really own or bikes which simply did not exist. The good thing is we only allow the payout after the buyer received the bike. So mm -hmm. he pays the bike upfront, but the money is um, safely stored on our 
escrow bank account with Adyen and the seller only can pay out the amount after the bike arrived. And so we can guarantee, okay, it is the same bike. And if something might appear after a couple of hours, the buyer uh, still has the right to return um, the bike. And as we still have the money, we can always put some um, pressure on uh, the seller. And in the worst case, we can also take the bike with us, check it, refurbish it, and then uh, sell it as a used bike. And so the risk for both buyers and sellers is actually pretty low. Yeah, I mean, and, and that is really an, uh, a great achievement and kind of like you're dealing with not very small goods, relatively large goods. There's returns. How's the return or the complaint process? Because that's also a, a big thing. And obviously, marketplaces, you've mentioned there's escrow, there's like safety on the transaction. How do return refunds, all of that work in a C2C setting, obviously? Yeah, it's um, sometimes not very easy. Of course, there are some returns. It's not that many as we kind of expected, but still we had to find some uh, solutions here as well. First of all, it's good that we act as a neutral mediator between the buyer and the seller. So if the bike arrives damaged, we are there to support the buyer in really documenting the issues. He needs to fill out a, a certain form which we can then forward to the seller and then ask for explanation. In the end, we compare both um, the opinion of the buyer and the seller and in the end, take a decision with both of them. In many cases, we can kind of avoid a return with lower mechanical, let's say, support or just sending the bike to a local bike shop. They fix it and we forward the costs uh, to the sellers, which in many cases also agree to that because they usually know that the bike was not perfect as they said, but it's always a matter of negotiation in the end. What's important still is shipping is insured because as I said, there are some transport damages and it's important that those are covered because the seller is not responsible for that in most cases and the buyer of course is not very happy and he at least or she wants to be sure that they get their money back so that they don't order something which arrives broken which happens sometimes unfortunately yes i mean that's a already extremely structured approach to i would say again it, it all pays into to trust and a, a strong network if you look at the market maybe two to three, four years from now and about growth because a marketplace is always about scale, about growing. What, what are the big trends you are seeing? And maybe question number two, how do you feel about growing? Is it more international expansion? Is it more multi-product? So instead of bikes, you're offering, offering other, other second-hand leases. Is it additional services? What are your thoughts and how do you see, see the industry? So that's a big question, I would say. So there are... Lots of answers. Um, I try to first focus a bit on the market in general because I think the bike market is quite old fashioned. So they've been working in the exact same way for yeah many years. And now there are some 
new forces. There's some trends like online marketing, online sales, uh, sustainability, repairability, and all that stuff. So many bike shops might uh, struggle a lot in uh, the next years. And we kind of believe that it is more going on an online basis, but with some local service points so that the bike shops somehow support the online business of certain big players. And so there might happen a lot. What we've seen as well is that new bikes have been out of stock for the last two years, but now the as a situation changed that there are too many new bikes on the market and that many dealers need to drop the prices. And so this can also be a risk for us in the end, even though we think that those people focusing on the new bike market, they will only buy new bikes. And for the second-hand buyers, they are still that convinced that they would like to buy a second-hand bike, that they won't be that affected by those reduced new bikes. Um, in terms of next steps and growth uh, for bicycle, we expanded to the US two months ago and to Canada last week or two weeks ago. And in the next years, 2024, the plan is to also head to uh, South America. But there are also some quite interesting markets in Asia. There are some bike or uh, cycling hotspots where there are no real, let's say, second-hand markets. People are very enthusiastic about certain bike brands and models, which are quite expensive there, and they trust into German businesses. And so we are quite confident that we can also enter uh, such markets. Of course, it's always a matter of the legal um, perspective, taxes and, and all that stuff, which might be challenging but yeah we have some experts here we have some external support for that so we hope that we will be available in yeah many more markets in the next year on the one hand side and of course we've been focusing on sports bikes so far and there are still other segments which are very interesting for us as well mostly the e-bike sector, which has been the motor for growth in the bike market in the last years. So if we are, let's say, focusing on the e-bike market too, which of course is much more difficult and more complex, and you need to check the batteries and the motor and the drive unit and so on. But there is actually the spot where we can find the biggest growth in the coming years besides conquering new markets interesting and i mean these are two i would say kind of like really big news the audience obviously be interested is like yes we know germans like to like to ride a bike we know dutch people do like if you go in more and more countries like where do you expect um the highest adoption or the the highest demand of bikes and specifically secondhand bikes like which market are you most excited about maybe as a question yeah that's uh a uh, tricky one. Um, I think Asia is very interesting, just very basic, the number of people living there and also their aim to become more and more European in 
many parts. So if we cycle here, they might also like to cycle there. And there are lots of bike brands in uh, certain regions like Taiwan, Malaysia, and so on. So there is a certain link to cycling already. What might be interesting or also the, um, um, let's say, the region about Dubai, Qatar, and so on, there's the um, UCI Cycling World Championships somewhere in the region. I don't know, or I kind of uh, forgot where exactly, I think in the coming year. So also the general bike market is trying to enter new market. Of course, there's always the question whether this is also in interesting for secondhand bikes, because in, ma in many regions, it might be limited to a, a certain, yeah, let's say a, a certain niche or also for better situated people in those countries. And they don't want to buy second hand because if you can not afford a new one, still the value isn't, isn't that high, but we can add more languages, more countries quite easily actually. And so we just, yeah, try and error. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's part of the journey. And that also gives me maybe to my last question as we are almost at the end. It's like, what's your, I would say, favorite part of now operating a marketplace on your own, having founded a, a marketplace? Like what keeps you excited? What's what's most interesting in this dynamic world? And maybe also what is most, in quotation marks, annoying when you think about your day-to-day -day job? <laughs> yeah, so maybe starting um, with the second question, Annoying, of course, sometimes are the customers, <laughs> so both <laughs> buyers and, and sellers. So what we offer is some kind of new for many of them, and they struggle a bit with understanding how it really works, and they have lots of questions, and they sometimes just do things which doesn't seem very logic. So they confirm a counteroffer, they confirm a sale, And then they uh, send us an email telling us, I don't want to sell my bike anymore. And say, but why? You had the chance to decline twice and you didn't do that. So this is sometimes kind of frustrating so that you found two people confirming something or negotiating, confirming. And in the end, we don't really know all, always what was the reason why one of the parties didn't want to fulfill the contract. And so this is sometimes a bit difficult. I think the most exciting parts are that getting bigger and bigger, um, we become interesting for many more partners. So we've been starting a pilot with YT Industries, a German mountain bike brand selling their marketing bikes uh, to us and we resell them as refurbished bikes in a common account and really making the use of bikes that haven't been used a lot. They don't want them in their own online shop and we have in the end a higher reach internationally than they have. And so this is something where we expect a lot of um, interesting things uh, coming up lots of partnerships and for me personally it's very interesting to find win win uh, situations with partners from the same industry but also from outside of our our niche and 
to really yeah connect more and more cyclists making the market a bit more um, sustainable and really trying to also make bicycling grow further nice i think uh so that's a a green remark it's a super interesting industry that's also i think also super interesting as we have kind of like seen that we didn't have that much on the show this c2c angle and the used angle which is really very unique so first of all thank you so much for the time for all of the insights and uh, yeah have a great week uh, thanks a lot uh, for having me and of, of course if there are any questions or anything everyone's free to connect share some thoughts we are always happy to give some more insights great perfect i think a lot of the listeners will reduce because that is something that i think everyone uh, is always exposed to thanks so much florian